0: Man, you guys have no idea how long I've been waiting to do this, but hello and welcome. What is up, everybody? I just want to welcome you all to the first episode of the Leap Zone podcast. Now, I realize that may sound a little confusing to some of you, especially if you're familiar with the Green and Bold and the podcast that Tanner and I have been running over there for quite some time now. Uh, if you have enjoyed that, no need to worry. We're not going anywhere. That podcast is going to continue as the Green and Bold podcast. It's just sort of taking over the name of the Green and Bold. So that's going to be the Green and Bold podcast where we just stick to the Packers, everything Green Bay and the NFL up there. But uh, really for a long time now, Tanner and I have wanted to uh, sort of broaden our horizons outside of solely covering the Packers and the NFL and the Leap Zone Network gives us the ability to be able to do that. Uh, so Green and Bold is not going anywhere, and neither is the podcast. We're simply rebranding it uh, to the Green and Bold podcast, and it's now a part of the Leap Zone Network, which is where Tanner and I plan to add other podcasts and media pages in the future. Uh, the Leap Zone Network will be like a, sort of like an umbrella, if you think about it. So we've got the Leap Zone Network is the umbrella, and then in that umbrella is the Green and Bold podcast. Uh, the Leap Zone podcast, another idea for a podcast we've got for Tanner. And then, you know, anything in the future would go under that Leap Zone network umbrella, too. So that's sort of the direction we're heading right now. Uh, it's been a long off season. I realize it's been a while since uh, we did anything on Green and Bold, although a new episode did just release over there. It's a mock draft for the Packers. Uh, you can go ahead and check that out. Otherwise, uh, we're going to do another mock draft here in a little bit, but it was a long offseason, a lot of changes for us, so it's just taken some time, but we're about ready to get the ball rolling now, and it's just a really exciting opportunity for us. Um, but for the most part, what you can expect here on the Leap Zone podcast is mostly just me sharing my opinions on anything and everything sports, and that, in, that we're going to focus on the Midwest. A lot of the stuff we'll focus on will be, you know, area teams, divisional teams, anything around Wisconsin, some Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan. But uh, that's not to say we won't be afraid to dive into some East Coast teams, West Coast teams, uh, you know, MMA. There'll be a lot to talk about on this podcast. We'll never run short of uh, content or anything like that. I'm really excited to be able to dive into multiple new uh, sports communities and really just sort of you know spread the word and just communicate with everybody and uh get into some good solid debates and you know just learn at the end of the day it's all about establishing relationships and forming a community and the sports community is obviously really tight even though you know you, you get in arguments all the time about it but uh the sports community everybody can really come together and uh it leads to some really good opportunities and really good content so i'm really excited to see what the future of the leap zone podcast is but uh you know, just for now, I just want to make, uh, make it well known that I have to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. It means absolutely the world to me to have you guys here. Uh, just, you know, whether you're a new person listening or you've come over from green and bold and followed us from there, or, you know, however you heard about it, however you're here, if you're listening right now, it means a lot to me. Thank you so much for being here, supporting me, listening, you know, and, uh, even even more so if you guys dive in on the social media pages and share your comments, share if you disagree or you agree with what we're saying on the podcast and stuff like that. I really enjoy that. Uh, I just really enjoy being able to, uh, you know, have these conversations with people. And <clears throat> I, I literally am sitting here talking to myself on the Leap Zone podcast, but I really would be talking to myself if it weren't for you guys uh, taking the time out of your day to listen and hear what I have to say. So again, that just means... Absolutely, the world to me. Uh, There's no way I could express it in words how much it means to me, but it is what keeps me going and it's what makes this possible. So, again, thank you guys for that. But, uh, anyways, I'm really excited to dive into the first episode. Uh, There was a lot of debate for me on where I should start this episode because I wanted to start it last weekend uh, after the Brewers were going on a really good stretch there and we were going to discuss the Cy Young pitching we've seen out of Milwaukee. Um, But then, the Brewers just had a, a tough uh, series against the Marlins that ended today. They lo- they dropped two to the Marlins. Not exactly an exciting time. Um, also, the MMA fights last weekend were an incredible main card of fights. All of them ended in finishes with and Shevchenko, uh, Thug Rose, and Kamaru Usman winning all with finishing fucking rounds, so that was a great thing to see, and I really actually wanted to dive in and talk about that, but let's be honest, nobody wants to hear me recap fights on my first podcast episode, and also, it happens to be NFL Draft Week, and if there's one thing I do know, it's the NFL, and it's the draft, and it's a really exciting time for NFL fans, and I figure since things sort of die off for the NFL during the offseason after the draft for a little while, I'll be able to... uh, You know, talk about the draft this week, and then next week we'll really be able to dive into some other topics, especially baseball and basketball. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to that. But I figure right now, good episode uh, to start off on. Really good way just to get the podcast rolling. We're going to dive into the NFL draft. I'm going to tell you how I think I see the first round of the draft playing out tomorrow night, as well as a little bit of, you know, kinks and turns that you could uh, possibly expect to see. And then we're going to run through and do a mock draft where I select for every single team and just see who everybody ends up with for the first round. Um, Now I've got some special rules for that. I usually don't do mock draft trades, so we'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, we're ready to dive into it. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. It's an exciting time for both of us. Let's get into episode one of the Leap Zone podcast when we return. My intention to explore the realm of consciousness and the human condition to make nature of my gratitude and procession. I speak without apprehension. Welcome back, guys. I'm just so excited and ready to jump into this. Uh, I've been sitting here thinking about uh, a couple of things and... We had some interesting things play out. We knew we would have some interesting things play out uh, the day before the draft, even probably the day of the draft uh, tomorrow. We'll see some things happen. Some players moved. I'm sure that'll happen. But we already saw our first real sort of notable move of draft week, and that was uh, earlier today the Denver Broncos made a move for Teddy Bridgewater, which is interesting because... Uh, I think, you know, all they gave up was a 6th round pick. So you pick up a competitive guy that'll be able to come into your quarterback room and really a leader, I, a guy who's been through it all in the NFL. So uh, I think you, you add a really nice piece to your quarterback room, and you only give up a 6th round pick to do so. So that's not a bad asset to pick up. But does that mean the Broncos feel like they don't need... To draft a quarterback tomorrow, and I think if they go that route, they decide well we have Teddy and Drew Lock. I think they're making a major mistake because, uh, you know, immediately with any pick that they made and with their first round pick at quarterback, they'd already be finding a prospect who's got more potential than Drew Lock and is probably already on the same level as Teddy Bridgewater in terms of playing ability, and is is just a younger prospect. Um, I know a lot of people have moved on from Drew Locke, but that doesn't necessarily mean the Broncos have. And the fact that they also added another quarterback to their room who could create competition with Drew Locke, I wonder if they're sort of hoping that uh, they might be able to push Drew Locke to that next level. And Locke did have some solid games at the end of last year in December, so he had he had some decent performances with the Broncos. I, it really makes you question whether they're going to try and hope that lot can end up being that guy. Maybe Bridgewater can get him through a season or what, but I really think that the Broncos would be making a mistake to not take a quarterback at that selection. And then another, uh, another possible move I think you might see is that the new England Patriots are definitely a dark horse to move up uh, on the trade board. I think they are also a team that's looking for a quarterback. We all know bill Belichick doesn't like losing. Obviously he's a winner. He's always been a winner in the NFL, and I would imagine he's quickly going to try and get back to his winning ways. So it'll be interesting to see what the Patriots do there. But I could absolutely see them moving up into the territory to get a Mac Jones type guy, and there, or maybe even a Trey Lance or whoever falls, you know, maybe to the late mid to tenth pick uh, in the first round there. And uh, the reason that could be interesting is because if the Broncos just picked up Teddy Bridgewater for that, would the Broncos be willing to maybe? Uh, move their pick back and swap picks with the Patriots to add another draft pick uh, to their selection. It lets the Patriots move up and get a quarterback. The Broncos move slightly back, add another draft pick to their uh, collection, and it could possibly still get a quarterback there as well. So uh, that's that Teddy Bridgewater trade could have a little bit more of an impact on the draft than people expect, but it'll be interesting to see. But those are Those are two teams I'm really watching out for. And then uh, another team I'm really watching out for to be on the move is the Packers. Um, I know that everybody last year thought the Packers were drafting a wide receiver, but with the way their contracts are set up now and what's going to happen after this season, it seems like the Packers are definitely poised to draft a wide receiver. It's just not, nobody's really sure when. Will they jump on one in the first round? Will they wait till a mid-round guy like they normally do? Um, it'll be interesting. I think the last wide receiver drafted in the first round was in 2002 in Javon Walker. So it's been a while since the Packers have spent a first round pick on a wide receiver. Uh, and the reason I think you might see them on the move is because one, uh, they could probably move back and still get a guy that they want. If the guy they want in the first round isn't a wide receiver, there's a good chance they watch this draft play out. And then when it comes time to make their pick, if they think their guy is going to be there it'll a few picks later, they might move back, might move out of the first round. That would not abs- not surprise me at all. But on the other hand, if they do want a wide receiver, there are a few teams selecting in front of them who could really have an impact on who they end up getting with, like, the Jaguars, uh, the Ravens, you know, multiple teams looking f- to add wide receivers. If the Packers want to get one of their guys at wide receiver, they're going to have to jump those teams and probably move down to, like, the Packers have the 29th pick. The Packers are probably going to move, have to move down to at least 21, 20, 21, 22 if they want to get one of their wide receivers. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for the Packers, but what other teams do ahead of them is really going to dictate how their draft night ends up going and it's going to dictate how all of Wisconsin feels, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see once that happens, but uh, yeah, those are like my dark horse teams for trades, uh, the Patriots and Packers. I, d- I don't even know if you can call them dark horses because it's probably a pretty popular opinion, but they're the two that I really see who can make it happen, and also the Packers have plenty of draft capital to move picks to be able to make a move, so Uh, they've definitely got the trade in terms of draft capital to be able to do what they want to do, move up or move back. So we'll see what happens there. But those are the kind of things that I'm looking at right now. And uh, as we go through this mock draft, you guys will really see there are a ton of things that could happen in this draft that really will dictate what happens to the next team and how they go. But, you know. So let's just go ahead and dive right into the mock draft here. I'm really excited to see how things play out. Um, Normally... When I'm doing a mock draft, I would have no trades in it just because I feel like it's so implausible for someone, you know, an armchair GM to be able to uh, predict a trade, let alone be able to predict, uh, you know, what, what picks would be traded and whatnot. But because I do think the Patriots and Packers are two teams I really could see trading, I wanted to make things a little more interesting for this mock draft. Not the same as everything else you guys have seen, so we did make two trades. Uh, I discussed why I think the Patriots could make that first trade, and it's possible the Broncos could be feeling like they could move back a little bit after adding Teddy Bridgewater. So I've got the Patriots and the Broncos trading their first-round picks. Uh, The the Patriots give up uh, the 15th pick and then pick 120, and then a selection from next year, a late-round selection from next year for... Uh, pick nine from the Broncos so the Broncos move back six spots and pick up you know essentially pick 120 add 120 to their selection and then a a late pick next year but uh, so that's how I've got the Patriots moving up to pick nine Broncos moving back to pick 15 and then later on for the Packers trade I've got the Packers giving up uh, pick 29 and pick 135 to move up to the 22nd pick with the Tennessee Titans. And that is because the Titans are a really well built roster. I think that they don't necessarily have a ton of needs on their roster, at least immediate needs. And uh, I could see the Titans kind of adding to their draft capital and moving back and still being able to get a guy who they really like. So that's my move right there is uh, Patriots trade 15 and 120 in the next year pick for pick nine. And then the Packers trade uh, 29 and 135 for the Titans pick 22. But without further ado, let's jump right in to the first round NFL mock draft for 2021. All right. So first and foremost, right off the bat, you've got round one, pick one. There's no question, no doubt in the world, the Jaguars are using that pick on quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I would be willing to bet my life savings on that, essentially. I I think the entire NFL world would be stunned if they took anybody other than Trevor Lawrence. So with the first pick of the draft, we've got Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars. That's no surprise. That's no special info there. Now, the next selection could be a little interesting, and I think that everybody, the general consensus is that the Jets are going to take the young Zach Wilson out of BYU, and uh, there's there's a, a high ceiling on Zach Wilson. I get the excitement around him. Um, I also think that we didn't get a ton of you know film and work on him from his college days, and also what kind of competition was he playing against at BYU? Now, again, I don't really like to. I'm not going to knock a guy for playing against the competition because it's not like he's the one setting up BYU's schedule uh, prior to their season or anything like that. But at the end of the day, uh, the competition you're facing in terms of defenses is going to dictate how well you're able to play. And uh, Zach Wilson essentially was able to throw vertical routes up the sideline for success during his time at BYU. And you're just not going to be able to do that in the NFL. So. Some interesting things there, and the 49ers haven't really made it too obvious who they want at the third-round pick either, so things could really get interesting for the Jets, and they could really blow some minds if they decided to, say, take Justin Fields or Trey Lance with that second pick, but uh, for the sake of the fact that Zach Wilson's been so highly toited, and I, I do see the potential there. I do, you know, the Jets are obviously taking a quarterback after getting rid of Darnold, um... I think they're gonna to look towards Zach Wilson and just sort of rely on who is possibly the most pro ready and also probably fits in their system a little better than what uh, I think putting putting Justin Fields in their system would sort of limit Justin Fields, whereas uh, their system sort of fits Zach Wilson a little bit better. So we've got Zach Wilson going at number two to the New York Jets. Now here's where things get weird at the third pick with the 49ers um, is they supposedly aren't you know they're supposedly considering lance or mac jones and i think it's essentially just that they don't want the jets to know they're super in on fields because if for whatever reason they came out and said yeah fields is our guy we want him you know and you never know the jets might say well they're so high on him maybe let's take him away from him and let's let's snag fields up too so I think that's why the 49ers really haven't uh, gone all in on him. I think Justin Fields is the guy. And I also think if they don't take Justin Fields, uh, I think they're making a mistake. There's no way you take uh, Jones or Lance over Justin Fields. And if they do, mark my words, that's a big mistake. And I think they're going to regret it. So three quarterbacks right off the bat. We go Lawrence and then Wilson and now Fields. And then you get to the Atlanta Falcons, which is where things get a little little different because – I actually really think the Falcons should draft a quarterback. They've got a high pick this year. They don't have a super talented team around Matt Ryan right now, and making a couple picks this year isn't going to do that. They seem to be in sell mode, uh, trying to, you know, they're supposedly listening to trade talks for Julio Jones. So a lot of people do have Kyle Pitts going for, but, I mean, even Kyle Pitts came out the other day and said he thinks that Four quarterbacks are going to go the first four picks of the draft. And so what does that tell you? What have have his conversations with the Falcons been like? um, Has he heard from them that they're maybe looking at a quarterback or does he think they're looking at a quarterback? So really, really could be some interesting things there. But first shocker of the draft, I do think that the Falcons should pick up a quarterback, a young QB, that they can start to build a team around while they do go into sell mode. And uh, right here, first surprise, you got Trey Lance, quarterback going to the Atlanta Falcons, and just like that, four picks, four quarterbacks off the board, and then that really turns things wide open here. You've got the Bengals with the fifth pick, and it's finally the first pick where uh, a team doesn't need their quarterback, right? They've got their guy in Joe Burrow, and uh, they're trying to build a team around him, and the first part of building a team around him is absolutely that offensive line they need to protect joe burrow can't have him tearing any more acls they pick up penny sewell the tackle out of oregon instant guy they can plug in on day one he's going to play for him have an impact and he's going to protect joe burrow so the Bengals are going to start building an offense there then you move on to the Miami Dolphins with the sixth pick, and they've got some needs at pretty much you know a few spots on offense. The offensive line is definitely up there. Um, they a lot a lot of people have them taking a wide receiver here. I could really see them taking a wide receiver here as well, but I could also see them adding to their offensive line. However, I don't think that the interior offensive linemen have the value this season in this draft to be taken. There are some tackles up there, but I don't know that the Dolphins are necessarily going to look tackle. I think they want a wide receiver they can plug in and have another weapon out there to run on their offense, and uh, they're going to get that, and they got their selection to do so because none of these specialty players have been taken off yet, but I've got the Dolphins taking wide receiver Devontae Smith at the sixth pick, and they they get an absolute weapon right there. So then, now you get to uh, the Detroit Lions, and this is a team that uh, really might be in a best pe- best player available position because the Lions sort of have needs at just about every position you could imagine. Uh, they're probably not going to draft a quarterback because they've got Golf. Even though I mean, if Mac Jones is still on the board here and he is, uh, it's possible the Lions could prob should probably consider taking him and uh, you know moving on from Golf. But they're paying him too much money. That's not going to happen this year. I think the Lions are going to look to. Uh, Either add to their defense or give uh give Goff a weapon. And I think giving Goff a weapon is the right thing here because Marvin Jones is gone, Kenny Galladay's gone. Uh, and uh you you know, you've got the TJ Hawkinson at tight end, he's a weapon that they'll be able to use, but they really need a wide out. And if they're able to get Jamar Chase at this selection, there's no way they pass him up. So Jamar Chase takes that pick at uh Pick seven and goes to the Detroit Lions, and then you fall back to the Carolina Panthers, who just made the trade for Sam Darnold. They've got a really exciting offense out there with uh, Matt Rule and what he's doing. So it's really exciting to see what they do there. They also have a need at wide receiver. There's also you know Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddle. That's where you fall. Where do I make that selection? Do I go with the tight end? Do I go with the wide receiver? I think you take the best receiving threat in the 2021 NFL draft, and that is the tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. So he's off the board at pick eight and winds up in Carolina with an exciting offense down there. It'd be very exciting to see what Carolina can do with a guy like Kyle Pitts, especially Matt Rule and uh, their system down there. So now we finally hit the first trade we made, which is the Patriots trading up to pick nine. And sure enough, There's a top quarterback on the board available at pick nine. Even with four QBs going off the board in the first four picks, the Patriots make their trade up to pick nine, and Mac Jones is still on the board. Bill Belichick gets his guy. They draft a young QB, and he gets back to his winning ways and developing a winning program out there in New England. So after Mac Jones goes at nine to the Patriots, which Oof, that almost made me sick just to think about, but uh, I think it would be the smart move for him to make. But after pick nine, we've got the Dallas Cowboys coming in at pick 10. And the Cowboys are another team that definitely have needs, but uh, their biggest weakness last year was absolutely their defense. Uh, When you've got Dak Prescott throwing for... 6,000 yards or on base for 6,000 yards and you're still losing, uh, that's a problem because their offense was doing work before Dak went down. I think they need to focus on their defense, and uh, that's really their secondary is probably their biggest weakness. And uh, with Patrick Sertain, the cornerback out of Alabama, still being there, uh, arguably the top cornerback in this draft. I know some people have him maybe as cornerback too, but uh, are one of the top corners yeah. in this draft and probably a guy the Cowboys pick up and can plug in on day one and will have an immediate impact in his career as well. So Patrick Sertain at 10 to the Cowboys. Uh, Now we move on to the New York Giants at Selection eleven. Uh, The Giants are a team that definitely need an offensive line. They need to protect their guy, uh, Daniel Jones. They just added the new weapon in Kenny Galladay out at wide receiver. They've got Saquon in the backfield. You know, Evan Ingram can't catch, but sometimes he does catch it, and it's kind of cool when he does. Uh, They could have a decent offense. I think they need to build their offensive line, though, and they're going to be able to do that right here at pick 11. Uh, Take your pick of tackles, but... I think the best one available is Christian Derrissaw, the tackle out of Virginia Tech. Uh, in my opinion, I really like what he's able to do with his size and ability. So uh, <clears throat> instantly pick up a tackle, Christian Darrisaw who's going to solidify that offensive line out in New York and uh, be one of those guys protecting Daniel Jones. So now uh, we fall back to a team who made a trade out of the top 10 in the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember, the Philadelphia Eagles originally had the uh, sixth pick in the first round of the draft and they decided to move back six spots and we'll see if that ends up costing them I mean in terms of what I've got on the board here I don't really think it costs them Uh, the Eagles do have needs on both sides of the ball then you have needs at wide receiver and at corner I would really like to see them take a wide receiver to uh, sort of build an offense out there especially around Jalen Hurts and I think that they could do that but their defense is also really lacking and they need help on defense. Uh, they've got a gap on the middle of their field and a guy who's going to be able to fill gaps and uh, probably the the number one linebacker in this draft, Mike Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. If he's available here at 12, uh, I would have a hard time seeing Philadelphia pass him up. I just think that's a guy that's he's the next big linebacker that's going to take over the league. And he's a really exciting guy. So he brings a lot of speed and a a lot of physicality to the Eagles defense. And uh, again, just a young guy that you'd be able to plug in and would probably have an impact immediately on that defense. So Micah Parsons at 12 to the Eagles. Uh, now you fall back to the Los Angeles Chargers, who have done a lot of work on their offensive line recently. You know, they signed Corey Lindsley to uh, the big five-year deal. That's probably the number one center in the league. So that's that's still something they need to build around, though. And protecting Herbert is obviously goal number one. Uh, they're going to be able to add to that. They pick up a tackle they need. And Rayshon Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern, uh, again, a guy I would probably expect to start uh, in his first season and uh, that's just a hole that the Chargers really need to fill and build that offensive line, so that's where they do that. Then you come to the Minnesota Vikings with the next selection at pick 14, and it's another team that needs to build that offensive line that is, that, is, that is mainly uh, where their needs lie. Uh, I know they need help on defense, but they really need to work on protecting Kirk Cousins. They really need to give Dalvin Cook those running lanes. I think they need to focus on the offensive line there. And they actually could get a really decent tackle here still. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, the tackle out of USC, who some people actually have as the number one tackle. Uh, if he's on the board there, no way Minnesota passes them up. They get Vera Tucker with their selection and instantly start building that offensive line again. Uh, and now we fall back to where the Denver Broncos swapped pick with the Patriots. So the Denver Broncos move back to uh, 15. They do still have a need at quarterback, but they also have a need on their offensive line. Uh, and like I said, are you looking at, oh, Teddy Bridgewater, is he good enough? Or are you looking at possibly, uh, you know, maybe I do add another quarterback now, Kyle Trask and Davis Mills and Kellen Mond are still on my board here, but I just don't think that they're worthy of being selected at 15. I think the Broncos would move back even further if uh, that's who they wanted to get. So, <clears throat> and, you know, you look down here, uh, they do have a need at defense. The Broncos have often been known for having these physical, uh, flashy linebackers. You know, they had Brandon Marshall, Von Miller on the edge. Uh, the Broncos have definitely have key guys uh um uh, in those positions throughout the history of their defense and I think they want to rebuild that position here and a good way to do that would be by selecting uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo uh, the linebacker out of uh, Notre Dame again a guy who's just going to build their defense and uh, they don't get their quarterback in the first round I really think they should but it's just if they do move back to 15 the value is not there to select him there so maybe they move back later and end up getting a guy like Trask But yeah, I've got him taking Owusu, the linebacker out of Notre Dame, right there. And then you move on to the Arizona Cardinals, who pick next at pick 16. Uh, The Cardinals have some needs tight end, uh, interior defensive line, and corner. I do think that, you know, Patrick Peterson's gone. Uh, they do have an exciting defense down there with Buda Baker and what they're doing. I I think they continue to build that secondary. Uh, JC Horn's still on the board, and to have him on the board at 16, I don't know how you pass him up. So I've got JC Horn going to the Cardinals there, and they get a, a young athletic corner, physical corner that uh, can definitely be plugged in on day one and have an immediate impact on on their defense. Uh, This next one is a no-brainer for me. The Las Vegas Raiders absolutely need help in their secondary. That defense needs help, uh, specifically at the safety position. And one of the best safeties we've seen in a while, in my opinion, comes in here in Trayvon Morig, the safety out of TCU. Uh, This is a guy who is highly touted uh, in this NFL draft, a guy who's been highly scouted and highly looked at because... He's just such a weapon on defense. Uh, you know, I don't want to call him Isaiah Simmons or nothing, but he's a guy that can play all over the place and uh, would just be a really, really athletic guy for Las Vegas to plug into their defense and start actually building that. So I think they've got Trayvon Morig on the board there. No way they pass him up right there at 17. And then finally, you've got the Dolphins making their second pick of the first round. They've got pick 18 and uh, still definitely looking at building an offensive line there uh their first selection back at pick six they got a wide receiver in uh smith so now i think here they're gonna look to build either their interior d line or their offensive line and probably go with whoever they think the best players are available at that spot and uh one really exciting thing that could happen is being the miami dolphins they could take a guy right off of the miami hurricanes in edge rusher Jalen Phillips, who is some have called the most exciting player in this NFL draft, at least on a defensive side of things. I could see it. Edge rushers are definitely important. They're arguably the most important position on the football field outside of quarterback. And uh, if the Dolphins could keep a guy home, keep a guy in Miami and pick up a edge rusher who can get to the quarterback for him, I see that absolutely helping them, especially helping that really uh, – fast-paced and exciting defense they have down in their Miami pick up Jalen Phillips physical guy off the edge he has an impact right away definitely a hole that they can fill uh next up you've got the Washington football team they seriously need to get a name I'm tired of calling them the Washington football team at this point um but they have needs literally everywhere Uh, I know they picked up Fitzpatrick I know they've got Heineke um I still think that they need to look at picking up a quarterback. Possibly, you know, they've got they've got needs at quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, on defense. So, you know, possibly they look best player available, but with uh, the need for a wide receiver and Jalen Waddell still being on the board here, hard to see them passing him up. I've got Jalen Waddell ending up in Washington with the football team at pick 19. Next up, we've got another NFC North team in the Chicago Bears. And again, a team that definitely has holes on both sides of the ball. I know they're going to be looking for some new corners. They they absolutely need to plug in a corner. They also need some help on the offensive line. So it's more so a matter of them deciding uh, what hole they need to fill first. But uh, with the board looking the way it is and Greg Newsom still being there at pick 20, uh, the Bears need a corner. They get a young pro ready corner in Greg Newsom out of Northwestern another Northwestern selection already but uh I I like it I think Greg Newsom goes at 20 to the Bears and they get a young corner they can uh, start to build around their start to build their young secondary there uh the Colts at 21 I think no question the Colts need to go a wide receiver uh they brought Carson Wentz in at quarterback they've got some exciting things going on out there Frank Reich knows what he's doing and they need a wide receiver they need to give someone uh someone They need to give Carson Wentz somebody who he can make plays with. He can get the ball to, and they can make plays. They've got a solid offensive line. I realize they do need to fill a hole or two on their O-line still, but they still have one of the better O-lines in the league. Uh, They need an offensive weapon, though, especially a wide receiver. I think if – take your pick, but I've got Rashad Bateman, a wide receiver out of Minnesota. Just a flat-out playmaker, and like I said, that's what they need. Uh, Pick 21, I've got Rashad Bateman going to the Colts. After that, you've got the next trade we made, and this is where I had the Packers moving up from pick 29 to pick 22. They gave up their 135th selection to do so. Um, And, and, uh, you know, I know the Packers have that need on the interior defensive line. I know that the Packers also have a need for a third corner, but I don't know that you can justify selecting a cornerback three here Uh, I also know that the Packers definitely need to pick up some offensive line help but Green Bay has historically been incredible at selecting mid-round guys who can have an immediate impact on the offensive line and also I'm really excited to see what the young guard uh, John Runyon and young center Jake Hansen do as they continue to develop so (laughs) The interesting thing about the Packers roster here is that they don't have any wide receivers on contract after this season. Uh, They're going to need to do something about that. And, you know, obviously I hope they extend Devontae Adams, but uh, there's still a chance that they don't. And even if they do, they still, we still need another wide receiver, uh, especially with all the other ones not being under contract. And to make this move up, the Packers go ahead and get their guy. They get wide receiver Elijah Moore, uh, shifty, uh, an uh, agile playmaker uh, out of Mississippi, a guy who's, who could be really exciting in LaFleur's offense and can really work with Devontae Adams, hopefully learn from Devontae. And then, you know, the Packers move up and make this pick. They've instantly got a one-two punch at wide receiver that uh, could be really exciting to watch. So, yeah, at pick 22, the Packers get wide receiver Elijah Moore. Uh, Pick 23, you've got the New York Jets making their next selection. Now, the Jets do have some needs. Uh, Like I said, I do want them to build an offense around their guy uh, after selecting Zach Wilson, but they also need to give that guy a defense, and that's where the Jets have some problems now. Uh, At the 23rd pick, Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, still being on the board. Kind of hard to see them not taking a guy that they can plug into their secondary and use immediately, and Farley's definitely that guy. So I've got Farley going to the Jets at 23. Uh, Steelers at 24 definitely have plenty of holes. They also need to build that offensive line, though. Uh, They lost their guy in Pouncey after he retired, and uh, they need to look at fixing up that offensive line pretty much immediately and i think they do that by picking up the tackle walker little out of stanford uh just a, a, another solid tackle out of a group uh, you know one of the best tackle groups we've classes we've seen in any recent drafts so pick up another solid tackle at 24 there And then you fall back to the Jaguars, who are now making their second selection of the first round. Uh, They've got, of course, they've already picked up Trevor Lawrence, and now I think you need to either look at picking up a wide receiver to give him help or picking up an offensive lineman, especially at tackle, to really solidify the offensive line. So they've got some decisions to make there, but uh, I think they go with the offensive line. I think their key... Uh, The main key right now is protecting their guy in Lawrence, and they can do that by picking up the tackle, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Again, just another really solid pro-ready tackle who's going to come in and have an impact right away. Uh, The Cleveland Browns are a fun one. They pick at uh, pick 26, and they're a fun one because the Cleveland Browns have had such an exciting offseason in terms of what they added to their defense, and they have such an exciting offense in terms of their just pure talent that they have all over the place. So they could really look at going, you know, best player available. Uh, and uh, with Jalen Phillips already being off the board as an edge rusher, I realize the Browns did add Clowney, but you can really never have enough pass rushers. And uh, <clears throat> with a couple really good ones towards the top of my board here, uh, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan and Jason Away out of Penn State, Take your pick out of either one of them, but get a young edge guy that you can just add to that defense and make it even more scary. A guy next to uh, Miles Garrett and then Clowney on the other side, you'd really be benefiting a young rookie edge edge player like that. So I'm gonna have him take Quiddy Pay out of Michigan and just add another another solid piece to their already exciting offseason on the defensive side of the ball. So. Next up, you've got the Baltimore Ravens selecting at 27. The Baltimore Ravens are a team that I do think need a wide receiver. They also pick again at pick 31, though. So uh, after they traded that with the Chiefs, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see which one they decide to go with first. There might depend on just what the board looks like, but I do think that uh, <clears throat> their wide receiver they could pick up is going to be there at 31. I think right now they want to add an edge player to their defense. Uh, Baltimore has obviously been known for their physical defenses. And uh, if this wide receiver is still going to be there in a couple picks, then I think right now they jump on the edge player. Uh, Jason away, edge out of Penn State, add him right there. Uh, And then the Saints are another team that, again, needs a wide receiver at pick 28. This is why I think it's important for the Packers to move up if they do want that wide receiver. They're going to have to jump the Saints, the Ravens, uh, the Jaguars even possibly, uh, all as teams who could be looking to take a wide receiver there. But the Saints also have a need on the defensive side of the ball. They definitely need to fix up that secondary down there in New Orleans. And uh, kind of a really exciting pick here. Uh, My favorite player when I was younger was Asante Samuel. It's crazy for me to think that he has a son, Asante Samuel Jr., about to be drafted, but it uh, would be really exciting to see him go in the first round of the Saints, and I like that pick for him there because they add a corner they can, eat, they can use immediately. And uh, so, yeah, I've got uh, Asante Samuel Jr. going to New Orleans. Now we fall back to pick 29 where the Titans traded back to, uh, again, another team that has a need at wide receiver but also has needs on their offensive line, especially at tackle. And with Dylan Radins on the, va- on the board still here, uh, the tackle out of North Dakota State, again, another tackle. This could be a record-setting draft for tackles drafted in the first round. Um, but, yeah, I've got Radins going to Tennessee. They sh- shore up that offensive line down there uh, and just continue to build around Tannehill uh, and King Henry and just keep doing what they're doing. A.J. Brown outside of wide receiver, So uh, they, they need an offensive line really to really get that offense going, and that's what they—that's what they get right there. Then you fall back to the Buffalo Bills, and uh, the Bills have a need on that defense. They definitely want to start adding to their defense, but I think specifically their their front, their defensive front, uh, their interior defense is uh its definitely a hole as well as an edge rusher. You would really like to see, like to see the Bills pick up an edge rusher that can come in and have an impact. And they're going to get to choose between those two. Uh, you've got Christian Barmore, the uh, d-tackle available and you've also got Aziz Ojolari the edge rusher out of Georgia uh, so it's basically take your pick do I want the edge rusher do I want the interior guy I think they want the pass rusher I think that's where they really want to get better is getting to the quarterback and they're going to be able to do that with Ojulari. so I've got the Bills picking up Ojulari at pick thir- uh, pick 30 right there now you got pick 31 where the Ravens uh, come back, and again, the Ravens end up with uh, they still have their wide receivers on the board here that would have been there last time, so they make a decent choice to hold off on them. And then you end up right here with a choice between, you know, Terrace Marshall, Rondale Moore, uh <clears throat> you know, even Kadarius Tony out of Florida. So really three solid wide receivers to be able to pick from. I don't know that I see him taking a Rondale Moore type just because you've already got a Hollywood Brown. You might need to look at a Terrace Marshall or a Kadarius Tony. Um, I think that they're Kadarius Tony and his agility and his playmaking, his speed really fits into what the Ravens like down there. And uh, I could see Tony being picked up by the Ravens and they get their wide receiver in the first round there. And then finally, the last pick of the first round. These guys shouldn't even get a pick. How they brought back their entire team, even just yesterday, uh, re-signed Antonio Brown. So they pick up Antonio Brown and put him on the team as well, uh, get their guy. Um, <clears throat> they, have, they have a couple needs, I suppose, but their most blatant need, I, I mean does this team even have needs? I don't really know what to say about the Buccaneers, but with them, have they could continue to add to their D line, uh, the interior D line. They obviously have pass rushers. They've got linebackers. Uh, they've got it all down there in Tampa Bay. They could probably use a safety, but I don't know that they maybe think Elijah Molden, the safety out of Washington is the guy here. That could be where they look. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but, Uh, I think they're going to shore up the interior of their defense, put a guy out there who can sort of rotate with Vitavia or play alongside Vitavia. So Christian Barmore is still on the board. Uh, He's been a very popular first-round selection in a lot of mock drafts. I think that's where this one closes out, is the Buccaneers pick up Christian Barmore and add a guy to their already crazy defense. And uh, that's where you end up with with, uh, on the draft is Christian Barmore. So... A couple of uh, a couple of guys get left out there. You know, Rondale Moore doesn't go in the first round. Uh, Terrace Marshall doesn't go in the first round. Uh, I de- you know, it's definitely an exciting draft and will be exciting to see who really falls out of there. But at the end of the day, I think uh, most of the teams are going to be drafting for needs in the first round. I don't know how many are going to be going best player available. Uh, you might see teams like the Lions do that, who have a lot of needs. Uh, or like the dolphins made look at doing something like that or uh the browns especially <clears throat> and then the buccaneers could also do that so teams who don't have a lot of needs and then uh, will be really exciting to watch those trades i know there's going to be some trades but you never know who's going to actually end up making trades but uh I'm just really excited for draft week. I'm really excited to recap the draft after it happened. We'll take a look back at this mock draft and see if anything was similar, anything, you know, how wrong I was. That's always fun to look at. So, uh, we'll see how it turns out, but yeah, that's how I've got my first round draft. Uh, We'll go ahead and we will share it after the episode goes live. But just again, man, thanks you guys so much for being here. I really look forward to uh, going through this process with you guys, going through the podcast process with you guys. And just, I really want to develop the Leap Zone community into something bigger. Uh, and uh, this is the way it goes. So we're getting it started here. I'm really excited about it. Looking to bring about two episodes a week and uh, how we decide the topic on that hasn't been decided yet, but two episodes a week. That's the goal right now. Just want to push out more and more content to you guys and also doing it in an efficient fashion. We just did a round one mock draft and we're coming in at a little under 45 minutes here. So I think that's a good time to end it. Uh, thanks again for being here I look forward to the future episodes Uh, they'll probably be more exciting than just going through a mock draft with me but I just thought this was a really good way to get it started but anyways I hope you guys are happy and healthy and having fun and tearing shit up out there go ahead and stack that bread keep living life I love you guys see you later